Today's guest, Joe Stephen, Vice President Sales and Business Development at Nexus. Nexus is forming an ecosystem. We have in, uh, investments that our members are involved in, and honestly, some of our supplier partners are involved in, in investing in, in certain businesses. Uh, we have a startup by the name of Mobilion that is bringing new technologies to the aftermarket that either a distributor or a supplier can take to the market. Well, if somebody does that and they take it in the market and it's successful, there's a benefit that goes back to Mobilion and the investors that then gets delivered as a dividend back to the members or even the supplier partners. So the supplier partners are now seeing revenue come in from a different stream than just the products they sell. Tech Talk, the automotive aftermarket podcast. Hi and welcome to the next episode of our Tech Talk Aftermarket Podcast. My name is Christian Müller, VP Marketing at Tech Alliance, and today we are going to talk about the international trading group business. Joe has plenty of experience in the North American aftermarket. We talk about the consolidation of distributors in the US and how that affects Nexus, their USP for their members, and an important part of that is an ecosystem of startups they are building, providing both new technology to the market as well as new revenue streams to their members and even distributors. The increase of e-commerce sales in the US during COVID, which jumped to nearly 15%, how Nexus is dealing with the sustainability and electrification topics, and under which circumstances the bring-your-own-part approach for workshops can be beneficial in the long run. Great insights on how Nexus is working the North American market and also their unique approach on trying to create additional value to their members. So without further ado, let's jump right into the podcast. Hi and welcome for our new Tech Talk episode here live from Apex. We have a new, very interesting guest. We're going going back like in season one to the international trading group. So we are talking to to uh, Nexus now. So welcome to our to our little Tech Talk session. Thanks for taking the time. Could you do a little introduction of yourself for our sure. audience? <laughs> Hello, Christian. Uh, uh, my name is Joe Steven. Uh, I, I've uh, worked in the automotive industry for about 35 plus years. I uh, started my time working in the field in the New York metropolitan area with Tenneco as a Monroe salesman. Uh, over time, I, I worked my way into sales and marketing and spent a lot of time on the product management side of the business, working on the product introductions, new technology, pricing strategies, things like that. I uh, worked at Tenneco and then I moved on to Federal Mogul where I worked between those two companies for 30 years. I uh, spent a little more time in the sales side uh, at the national level at Federal Mogul. And then from there I moved on to a company by the name of PowerStop, uh, a brake supplier that buzz, does both e-commerce and also commercial wholesale business. Uh, and then I went over to Trico uh, Products which is now First Brands Group. and. I uh, headed up the aftermarket commercial sales there globally. Uh, and then from there, uh, I moved on to uh, Nexus. Uh, Nexus uh, is a great, great organization. Uh, what I love about it is that it's number one on the customer side of the business and involved in uh, more than just creating a relation to sell parts, but it's doing so much more with the supplier and the distributor community And uh, we'll talk more about that here, I'm sure, as we go forward. Definitely. And uh, that, does it make your job now easier uh, because you went from manufacturer side to, uh, to trading group? Because you know how the manufacturers tick. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, uh, having the opportunity to work in the field uh, for a number of years uh, and, and spending time in the technician repair shop, the workshops, and listening to the technician uh, tell me his problems, tell me what he needed. No. Uh, of course, that helped me a lot as I got involved in the product side and did other things. And then listening to customers from a sales perspective and trying to deliver their needs versus trying to force something into them that, honestly, they may not even have wanted, but our company wanted. So listening to the customer is important. So now the opportunity, uh, the word nexus, as you probably know, means connecting two or more things together and having the opportunity to work with my distributor partners and with the suppliers yes. and knowing that I could talk the language of the suppliers and have some experience on the distributor side allows me to, I believe, create an opportunity that's beneficial for all. And now, now we are here at Apex and I know that like on-site events are a very big topic for trading groups because all the trading groups are doing large on-site events to gather their members, gather suppliers. So how important is it for you to be back to on-site events after the COVID period where it was very difficult to, to facilitate something like that? Yeah, I, I, I believe it's extremely important and it's wonderful to connect with people through phone. It's wonderful to connect with them through video conference, which has become more and more popular. However, being in person, sitting and talking to them, seeing their emotions, seeing the happiness of just connecting with people that you know in the industry for a long time, that you want to work out arrangements with, and then bringing others together. In my community, we have a variety of different distributors that compete at the street level. However, they collaborate together at a higher level within Nexus to work on specific initiatives with us that create value for all of them in the long run, and at the same time create value for our supplier partners. And I believe that coming here to Apex, uh, we are also participating in the Automotive Warehouse Distributor Association meetings, and yep. having that one-on-one -on -one time here and over there created so much benefit for myself and the other team members that were here with me this week. Definitely, and uh, how would you say The, the business for you, for the trading groups, is different in the, in the North American market compared to Europe? Yeah, yes and no. I, I mean, number one, in, in many parts of the world, including Europe, there, there are some local groups of distributors that buy together. Yeah. But in general, it's more of a larger uh, part of the business here in North America, especially with the consolidations and acquisitions. So most of the community is part of a local group And then it rolls up to the international trade group as well. In our case, um, we have members uh, that negotiate with suppliers individually, uh, APA, uh, Auto Parts, who has a number of distributors that they represent, uh, APSG, which represents Federated, Pronto, and Parts Plus uh, distributors. And then we also have Vipar on the heavy-duty side and others like UniSelect in Canada who are connected, ironically, with uh, they acquired Parts Alliance, or now GSF yeah. out of the UK, and that's how they're connected in. And then Advanced Auto Parts, and then a company out of Mexico by the name of CDO, or California Refractionis. But to your point, um, yes, I think that the interesting thing is, is trying to work with suppliers, trying to understand how to work with me to deliver a message, and also at the same time, how they do that individually with those individual groups. And what I like to think is that 
uh, in the last year and a half, there's been a nice bond between the suppliers, myself, and the distributor groups here in North America, and now the individual distributors, that's allowing their message to get down to the street level. And that obviously is most important because suppliers want to deliver brands or other products that can help the, uh, the customer, and ultimately they want to create a pull that the technician ultimately wants their products, so that's what we're trying to do for them. Yes, definitely. And you were speaking about uh, the consolidation of the distributor market. And over here, it, it's quite ex it's more extreme than in Europe. So the distribution market, uh, the trader market here is quite more consolidated than, than in Europe. We see it happening in Europe as well. But here, it's already there, which makes your business difficult because, you know, you as a, as a buying group, you, you profit from many different entities coming together. So how do you approach this, this, this large corporations? Well, I, I think what's good is that uh, a lot of the suppliers uh, understand uh, the role of negotiating a, a base arrangement mm -hmm. with the group headquarters. And then underneath them is this consolidation of distributors, independent distributors that work with them. They get the benefit of getting a negotiation taken care of for a base program. What is nice is that a lot of the suppliers then will work with the individual distributors that have unique needs in a given market. Yep. And that's what I think is important that a supplier understands is that it's one thing to establish a base program, which gets you in the door, it allows you to sell the product, but now you need to understand in certain instances where those individual distributors that have been consolidated, they still have local market needs that possibly somebody needs to pay attention to and do some unique things for them to help pull their product through more effectively yeah and for all for all for all the the, the guys listening all the, the hundreds of thousand people listening to the podcast why should they join nexus so what what is the what is the key differentiator from for nexus compared to to the other buying groups you know uh, the other groups i'm sure do a great job out there uh, what we do at nexus is we believe The core of our business is focused on supplier relationships, and for that, Nexus receives a benefit, a rebate, or a bonus that comes to us, and the majority of that then gets passed along to our individual members, and that's the benefit to them. In addition to that, what, what I love about Nexus and the reason why I chose to move over from the supplier community and come over to Nexus is that Nexus is forming an ecosystem. Uh, uh, we have in, uh, investments that our members are involved in, and honestly, some of our supplier partners are involved in, in investing in, in certain businesses. Uh, we have a startup by the name of Mobilion that is bringing new technologies to the aftermarket that either a distributor or a supplier can take to the market. Well, if somebody does that and they take it in the market and it's successful, there's a benefit that goes back to Mobilion and the investors that then gets delivered as a dividend back to the members or even the supplier partners. So the supplier partners are now seeing revenue come in from a different stream mm -hmm. than just the products they sell. Uh, and Nexus has a number of other companies that they've listened to the market, the community, and that, for example, uh, there's a company uh, that is named marketparts.com. It's an online B2B that if somebody is selling in a given market in the world no. and they want to bring their products and brands somewhere else, They can actually do that through marketparts.com that Nexus delivers them to the people there to tell them how to use the, uh, the portal to sell product online to other markets in the world. 
in addition to that, uh, you know, some of the things related to sustainability are becoming very, very important. And Nexus is on the forefront of that in working with partners to create uh, entities that can support the automotive industry because as you're probably familiar with that there, it's becoming more and more important within the sustainability community that an ESG score is done so that not only uh, are suppliers making decisions on who they want to sell based on them having economic approval yep. and then social approval and also their, their governance of how they, they go to market and all, uh, and, and, but also uh, distributors are judged at the, uh, if they're looking for a bank loan to invest in their business, banks are gonna provide them with an improved bank loan rate mm -hmm. if they have an ESG score. It's just the way the world is moving yes. uh, in this direction. So those are some of the things that Nexus has been doing that intrigued me, and now I'm seeing it firsthand, and I'm excited that over the last year, I've had the opportunity to engage, learn more about it, and then deliver that message on down through to our members. So it's been a lot of fun. No, that's great. And I agree, like, like just being a trading group for, for, for the, for the sake of having a, having a better pricing. This, this is not nothing you can compete on nowadays. So it's all about value adding services for, yes. for your customers. And you mentioned a few. And I'm in particular interested on this sustainability topic because sustainability is a very large topic current, currently in the market. So how does it, affect you or how do you support your members in terms of sustainability, circular economy? Because I think a lot of your members also kind of not fear, but are maybe concerned or need more education about a topic and how they can approach it. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I would say, and we're all still learning, uh, it's, it's happening so fast, but, yeah. I, but I believe that our suppliers are doing a good job, number one, of delivering Uh, their communications on their green products, the, uh, uh, those that remanufacture, the benefit of that, and other things associated with it that create value. So my job and, and, and the work of others is to communicate those values out and be an extension of the suppliers to deliver that messaging. And so we're trying to work hard at it at Nexus. We've actually have an individual that's focused on brand and sustainability. His name is Emmanuel Vogue, I believe I'm saying that correct. Uh, uh, but Emmanuel has been here with me at Apex yep. uh, to experience and talk to the suppliers because ultimately we want to deliver those messages down to the community where there's not as much awareness. I'm, I'm also fortunate that I've connected with a couple of suppliers, Continental, uh, Borgwarner, Delphi, yep. and then one of our big distribution partners, Parts Authority, who's a member of Nexus. and. We are actually forming a sustainability committee that was approved by the Auto Care Association so that we are going to also separately as a team form a larger community of technicians, uh, 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 distributors, suppliers, and others in the industry that are experts so that we can communicate to the entire industry, whether it's Nexus or not, the sustainability benefits so that ultimately everybody can do their part and doing the right thing for, for the community. The one other thing I wanted to mention earlier when you yep. were mentioning what makes Nexus different, I, I skipped over the fact that I exist here in North America, which was a recent thing in the last year and a half. In other parts of the world, we have the same type of person like me that are constantly communicating and delivering that message to the distributor yep. from the supplier so that that message is getting through and connecting them together. 
I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we are the only ITG that has business developers in all the major markets around the world to perform that function. So I, I didn't want to skip over that as a value add. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because I think also you need to be you need to be close to to your members. Yes, and you also mentioned uh, the startup vehicle you created, Mobilion is the name, right? Yes, yes. So what exactly are they doing? You know, it's interesting. Uh, 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 there's a couple of things. Uh, Mobilion has a product that's uh, called Atom, mm -hmm. and it's on the commercial vehicle heavy duty side. It's a cognitive behavior uh, system that's constantly watching the driver of that vehicle and seeing if they're driving and they are performing their function properly and whether they are uh, falling asleep or, or other things. They may be, have had alcohol in their system. Well, this, this uh, technology can pick up anything and signal their fleet headquarters and also signal the driver that it's possibly time to pull over. So that's one technology. Another one is called Clickins. Clickins is a technology that takes a picture of the vehicle. So some of the rental car agencies, mm -hmm. insurance agencies, some of them are already using it and others are evaluating it. So that if I was a person going in to rent a vehicle, somebody takes a picture of all four sides of the vehicle. When I return, they take a picture again. Instantaneously, they can tell if there was a dent on that vehicle or not. Or if you're a collision shop and a consumer has a little dent on the side of the vehicle, Instead of them going to the shop, the shop can send them the app for click-ins and they take a picture of the, of the vehicle, send it back, and the collision shop can immediately see the OE part number, then go into their system, figure out when they're going to yeah. have that part, and then the consumer would come in two weeks to actually have the work done if a part needs to be replaced or, or other things need to be done. The last one I'll mention of many that they're working on is a, is a product called Ride Vision for two-wheelers. I never knew that two-wheeler vehicles do not have an ADAS system. Mm -hmm. So it's an aftermarket application that within an hour you so can it's, install. So it's a retrofit ADAS system for, for, for two-wheelers. You got it, Oh, yeah. that's great. And it's quite an interesting product. And actually, I have a two-wheeler distributor I'm working with right now that's mm -hmm. looking to roll it out here. And in other markets around the world, they're, they're doing the same thing. So that's an example of some of the startups that, that Nexus is involved in. How do you get the, the ideas of, of fee or fields of play for this startup? Is, is it coming also bottom-up from your members? So your members are, are saying, can you please investigate in that area and see what we can do here? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I love, once again, the fact that uh, the Nexus community is not a one-way, just literally getting from the supplier and sending the rebate. But instead, we're out in the field, talking to people, listening to them. Uh, we have folks down at the technician level, workshop level. We're doing our Nexus Academy events yeah. where ideas come up from the workshops that are sharing with you, this is a problem, we need to look at it. Or at an industry level, you're outside of the automotive industry, but in a different industry, and you're able to bring that back in. Either a supplier comes up with an idea, or, or a, uh, but they don't know how to implement it. And that's where the ideas come together in Nexus you know, hands them over to Mobilion in this case. Uh, there are other examples outside of Mobilion startups that Nexus is involved in. One of them is called Sparker. It just recently came to life within yep. the last couple of months. And Sparker is actually trying to grab all the mobility startups around the world from e-vehicles mm -hmm. to products, services that are out there and bring them under one umbrella and then make that information available to distributors and suppliers that don't know about these products, or they may know about 50, but they don't know that there's 2,000 
other products out there that may fit their portfolio yeah. that they may want to take to market. And in addition to that, Sparker provides guidance to these startups on maybe HR or, or product uh, uh, management definition yeah. and a variety of other areas. So these are some of the things that I'm excited once again that Nexus is involved in that's moving the industry forward uh, for our Nexus members and suppliers and also for the entire industry as a whole. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we, we now talked about uh, one of the one of the big uh, current topics in the market, sustainability. Another one would be e-commerce. How do you guys approach e-commerce and how is it different over here in North America compared to Europe? Because in Europe, it's, a, it's always a very heated discussion, seeing all these big players like Amazon, eBay yeah. joining the aftermarket making a, a grab at their share of, of money in the aftermarket. So how is the discussion over here? Because also here at Apex, we see there's a big boost for, from Walmart, also related to this e-commerce business. Right, right. So so I would say a couple of things. Number one, uh, a distributor that doesn't understand that e-commerce is here and e-commerce is going to exist, whether it's for somebody to look up a part and then go buy it in person somewhere, or if it's literally purchasing the part online and having it shipped to them. And if a distributor is not evaluating to find ways to either partner with somebody to compete in that area or to um, start their own uh, community or separate brand that they may take to market, um, I personally believe they're leaving something on the table. Um, in the beginning in North America, it was a challenge in that regard. And of course, some suppliers decided not to sell e-commerce people or, or uh, uh, would, would, would not want to participate in certain yeah. activities. But I think that the value equation of the acquisition price to these folks, most of the suppliers have figured out the math that works so they can keep their, uh, uh, their traditional classic distribution customers happy and making sure the product can get to the end workshop that is doing the work uh, or the DIY consumer that's coming in the store and that at the same time there's an opportunity to take advantage of all the access that consumers and the trade have to information that's online. Uh, so yes, why wouldn't the Walmart.com look at that? Why wouldn't Uh, eBay look at automotive. Why wouldn't Amazon look at it? How could you not? I mean, it's such a large industry. And honestly, the ability of the technology, the cataloging data and other things that Tech Alliance and others provide to the industry, you know, creates ease for them. Yes. But it also creates ease for everybody else in the industry. And then you just got to figure out how you play within that game. But uh, how I compare it to the European market here. Yes, it's probably much more developed. It's much more accepted. Yeah. Uh, I think we've gotten over that hurdle. Um, are there still challenges? Absolutely. Every day there are concerns about price that are given out there when somebody's following the low price provider on a given product or a given brand that everybody, some have attacked it by introducing uh, minimum advertised price programs or things like that, Yeah. that either a distributor either has to accept or not accept, but but so some suppliers or brands are not on certain e-commerce sites because of that, but everybody has to decide how they want to engage it, but it's here, I don't believe it's going away, and I no, believe it's going definitely, to continue to and grow. I, and I guess you made an important point here, because e-commerce is, this is not like a, a trend, 
they are here and they're here to stay. So they're not going away. So there's no, it, it, it doesn't help if you shut your ears and your eyes. You have to work around it. And I think that's, that's a, a really great approach you are, you are taking here. Yeah, I mean, it's not just me. It's a lot of other people I learn from every day. But, but uh, obviously, COVID, for other reasons, yeah. accelerated things. And absolutely, it accelerated it. I understand that it got as high as overall up to about 12 to 15% of the everyday business that was done yeah. back in the late 2020 into 2021. I'm guessing that it's come off of that high. But if it was 5 or 6% and it's slowly climbing... It jumped up to those numbers, and maybe it's sitting somewhere in the no. middle, plus or minus. But it's definitely starting to, or it's continuing to accelerate up, and it'll reach a threshold. And people still need to go to a parts store to find parts. People still need to physically see parts, yeah. especially certain applications on the vehicle. But yes, there are certain items that can be purchased online. It's a convenience factor. We're all running 100 miles an hour, yeah. doing things with our family when we're not working or others. We're trying to entertain or what have you. And yes, you, when you get home on Friday from traveling, they pop the packages there and you can work on your vehicle on the weekend if yep. you are so inclined to do so. And I, I agree. And I also think like the, the wording from the distributors in, in Europe is always, they, they turn it always around the pricing. And I agree, pricing is a factor in e-commerce. But it's not it's not not the key differentiator. So you know, people don't just buy something because it's 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 cheap. I mean, we see it in other industries as well, and we are all guilty of it. Yes. How much stuff do we buy on Amazon? And is, does Amazon always have the cheapest price? I don't think so. No. But Amazon is offering additional value-added services to the customer, which 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 ties us to their ecosystem. And I guess that's something distributors need to understand that they need to provide more services to their customers for to the workshops to the service centers and you mentioned the educational stuff you are doing this could be an additional service to educate my no it's it's, it's, a, it's a great point you know and it's interesting within the nexus academy we focus on uh the base product technology but we also do a lot of other things within the academy to help middle, middle management executive management folks with things like we're talking about here you know it's also interesting christian that um There are certain uh, repair centers, uh, workshops. Uh, some will say they will never allow somebody to bring in a part that was purchased online, e-commerce. Yeah. I've also learned from many repair shops, workshops out there, that they've accepted that consumer into their community. Why? Well, they'll charge them for the labor rate and they'll fix the vehicle for, you know, for them. Yeah. However, what happens is the consumer has such a positive experience that the next time they're coming back. Why? Because they're told at the time of installation that the warranty is not covered and that other aspects that they normally cover for them are not. So what these technicians find is that over the long run, the consumer has anywhere between one and uh, two and five vehicles. And so they'll bring their other vehicles there yes. because now they've gained a trust and a respect for that technician. And maybe they didn't even know that technician before. So it's opened up an audience. Now, some argue that is not the right way to go but i've seen some that have done quite well by bringing in a continuous flow where literally they may have their repair shop name out there on certain websites as an option if yep. they want to have the installation done 
Yes, definitely. And how does, like, so we now talked about e-commerce, sustainability. So the, the, the last big topic is electrification. Yeah. So how does electrification of the car park affect your business? I think it can could be play a role in the in the training, in your training programs, because it's like a new type of vehicles, new type of parts and components, and people need to educate it about them. No, I think uh, you're right on, Christian. And, I, I, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I've learned more and more about this every day. And I'm not your traditional uh, technician guy. That, that's not my expertise. Yes. Um, however, what I've learned is, uh, number one, that uh, the e-vehicles the e are coming. They're here to stay. And they're moving at faster rates or will be moving at faster rates in certain markets than, in, than yes. others. And some are still working on the science of internal combustion engines and improving the green and all. Um, but what I've learned over the last 35 plus years being involved in the industry is that the OE believes they always create a perfect part and a perfect vehicle. And the reality is that vehicle goes on the road. Uh, so the first point I want to make is that parts are going to fail. I've already seen it with Tesla parts that our supplier partners have solutions for. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it with other applications. So that, that's number one. Number two the more educated the technician is becoming about the fact that there are probably more filters on an e-vehicle than there were on a uh, internal combustion engine yeah. vehicle. And yes, there are other uh, uh, parts of the vehicle that, to your point, Nexus Academy is definitely ramping up our education process and system to support our technicians to be able to communicate all the different aspects and work with partners in the industry in different parts of the world so that we can make sure that that technician is a little more intelligent about doing the work and they don't have to turn away that consumer's vehicle. Yep. Um, there are some requirements, for example, if you're doing the work on a vehicle for an electric vehicle, there are requirements for the space around that vehicle that needs to be open in order for you to officially be working on an e-vehicle. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just talked to Dirk Fuchs from ICA. Ah, I don't know you if go. you know him, yep, but yep. He, he, was, he was telling me exactly that. Yeah, so, so that was interesting. The other things that are educations like um, uh, uh, lithium ion battery. Uh, if it goes on fire, I learned, you run as fast as you can away yes. from it um, because you're not going to put it out and no. it's very dangerous, the gas. Obviously, the benefits of a lithium ion battery work well, but they're encased in steel for a reason uh, to protect it and all. Um, but, but technicians are even learning how to you know take off the correct wiring system. Yes so that they don't electrocute themselves when they're doing the work. Yep. Uh, so there is a, a lot of opportunity. Um, I want to go back to the repair side. Uh, I believe that suppliers are going to benefit from increased brake sales as the manufacturers are trying to figure out the perfect solution for an electric vehicle that went from a three and a half thousand pound internal combustion engine yep. to over 9,000 pounds. The chassis parts, the, the, the roads themselves, that I don't believe that the road system is aware of the transition to this. We're putting a whole fleet of medium duty vehicles on the yes, road. So all of this is gonna be a transformation that we're all gonna learn from. Um, but yes, the more we can educate, the more we can train yep. and keep learning from each other. And I believe that's important that we all learn from no, each definitely. other. Definitely, and it's good to hear that you, that you are taking care of, of this topic now because well, depending on uh, whom you talk to, they always talk about it as like a future topic, but it's not the case. I mean, when you take the, we talked about Tesla, the first Tesla models are now 
like eight years, eight-ish years old, they are in the aftermarket already, you know. The first pure EV cars are now coming into the aftermarket yes. and the aftermarket needs to be ready for that. Yeah. No, you're, you're right on. And I, I believe that, uh, obviously, I think it's going to continue, that the wave is going to continue to come. And I think that uh, suppliers are pushing it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the OEs are pushing it yeah. at the, the car manufacturer level. And I believe over time, it's going to go all the way through the technician is going to be and have to be an acceptance. Or maybe it's a transformation. Um, I, I know that within everything, uh, uh, the repair on the vehicle, the battery charging on the vehicle, uh, you know, if you go to a lube center to have some of your filters changed out and yep. lubricants changed out, they're possibly going to be charging at the same time that consumer's vehicle. So they're going to get that benefit as well. And oh, by the way, why don't you have some coffee while you sit, wait for your charge and wait for the other services that we're performing on your vehicle. So it'll be really interesting how this whole evolution takes place and who the winners will be that will see the future of providing the right services or the right products that are going to ultimately make the consumers feel comfortable with an e-vehicle and wanting to buy it more and more and move down that path. Talking about future topics, when we're closing our, our little session here, I always ask my guests to look a bit more into the future. So if we will meet again at Apex 2030, What would be our topics then in eight years' time? You know, I, I definitely see that. Um, I believe that you're going to see a foundational uh, uh, repair operation in motion on the electric vehicle side. Mm -hmm. I believe that uh, it'll be interesting that this community here that we're looking at, you're going to see uh, probably 40% different suppliers than you see today. Yes. Uh, I think you're going to hear a whole different language spoken spoken. Uh, I'm not talking about English or French or Spanish or German, but instead the words that we're using to describe the products, uh, uh, the, the, the systems on the vehicle, all of this is going to be a new way of transforming our dialogue. And that's what, I, and you know what, for some, they'll just be learning and others, it's going to be just part of the everyday conversation in 2030. So. Definitely. So I, I agree. It's a great time to be in the aftermarket. The aftermarket always adapted to the to the challenges he faced and he will continue to do so so yeah we've been doing that for as long as i've been in this business and i keep hearing that oh this is the end of this because of yeah. this, this break or this technology and it isn't it amazing that this place is full <laughs> auto mechanica was full and people continue to need to repair vehicles out there and that's what we do definitely thank you very much for your time thanks for joining us It's been a pleasure, Christian. And Thank I hope you. we meet earlier than 2030. Yes, that would be wonderful. Thank <laughs> you. It's a wrap. We covered a lot of ground there. It was a pleasure talking to Joe at Apex. What stands out to me is their approach of creating additional value through their startup investments. It's a smart move, I think, especially involving their suppliers as well. And you can tell from listening to Joe that the Nexus approach is to innovate, to stay competitive and also to tackle all the current and future topics of the market. If you enjoyed this episode as well, feel free to subscribe and give us a positive rating in your podcast app. If you want to learn more about Nexus or get in touch with Joe, you'll find all the links in the show notes. So long, take care and bye bye.